Cantero. PodFest brings together three different conversations from musicians to authors, doctors, environmentalists, or cooks in their own kitchen. These are real people with real stories. PodFest 62, we kick things off with an unforgettable singer, songwriter, and actress, Queen Latifah. Then we're stepping up the tempo while stepping back to a conversation I once shared with Spider from the group Power Man 5000. Our third conversation is all about the laughs, the one and only Rachel Feinstein. This is PodFest 62. First the trailer to star on Fox, and then when we come back, we'll be unplugged and totally uncut with Queen Latifah. Ever since Star was little, she believed her name was who she was. But I told her, fame is a trip. It ain't love like a lot of people think. But she wouldn't listen. I think of time. You've been through six foster families in the last two years. You're a thief, habitual liar. You think it's any easy on the outside? Do you even have anywhere to go? First thing I'm gonna do is go get my sister. It took five years for your ass to show up. You used to say we were gonna be famous. You still sing? Yeah, I still sing. I got a plan. I dream of the day. I met this girl on Instagram. She grew up in foster care and everything she's been through is in her voice. And we need to get in the studio. So you want me to open up your trust fund for some white trash you made on the internet? I need to make music that feeds my soul. Damn, girl. You're straight off a page of Vogue. We're gonna start in Atlanta. Where we gonna live? There's this lady named Miss Carlotta. She's been writing letters to social services saying she's our godmother. She's been looking for you and your sister a long time. Just when I was about to give up, I heard Jesus say, Jesus said, Jane gonna come one day. We heard Atlanta has a crazy music scene and we're starting a girl group. Your mother and I had the same dream. I'm trying to keep you from getting hurt. I can't get hurt anymore. You know exactly what I've been through. The minute I heard that girl sing, it made me feel we got the makings of a super group. It is what you see. Stay away from those girls. We gotta stick together. Go to these people, they don't know anything. You know it's late today. There we are. That looks good. It does. <laughs> good morning, Queen Latifah. How are you doing today? I'm good, Al. How are you doing? Doing very well. You you have to sit back and look at this show and realize that the sound of music is what listeners imagine, and Star on Fox has just turned it into a reality. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's an interesting way of putting it. Uh, yeah, we, we, we go there with the music. The music is a big, big part of this show, and the fantasy ideas of it, and just taking it different places every single week, so... 
It's just a lot of fun. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of fun. And yet you have lived the journey. And now that now that you're on a show like this, it's it's almost like you're giving we on this side of the flat screen the opportunity to, even though it is a fantasy, it's still we get to it can become our reality. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's definitely a life that that a lot of us have lived on. Um, I mean, I'm sure I've lived it. Um, but so watching these girls kind of start off and be so hungry for fame and, and, and success and making it in the business and, you know, how far Star is willing to go for it, you know, how far all the girls are willing to go or not go for it is, is something that I've, I've known since I was a kid, since I was there. And so, so it's just kind of... It's almost like art is imitating life every week. <laughs> Watching people trying to make it. Of course, we got some juicy stuff too. You know, people die, people lie. <laughs> I want you to feel like you're living it with us every time you watch the show. So thank you. We deli- that means we're delivering on these performances. When when you do bring these scenes together, and even while you're performing, do you feel the legends of music just right there beside you? Because the way that you're delivering these lyrics and the songs that you're performing, come on, this is serious R and B. Yes, it is. Um, we have some great producers and writers. Uh, it's crazy how we even are able to pull this stuff off and it's kind of fun for us to watch the show too because we all shoot at different times and then we finally get when the show comes on we we finally see what everybody has been doing even though we've read the script but to actually watch it come to life is like an unbelievable treat for us as well so and we do have some R&B legends that actually are in the show you know like Gladys Knight he's a guest in the show um, so it's, it's kind of fun to, to, to see people that you love and you know and uh, have them become part of, of this journey. Wouldn't you say that Star on Fox is a, is a TV show about connection and how to reconnect when you think that it's gone? I think that's part of it. I think, I, I think part of it is about love. Yes. Um, everyone has a love for something. Carlotta has a love for these kids and she wants redemption. She wants to, you know, kind of rewrite she can't rewrite history but she can rewrite the future i mean she can kind of change the future and 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 she really wants to do that these girls have a love of music and a love desire for success so they're going for it in every kind of way you know some just want to have live life and and enjoy it without being under the pressure of their parents it's it's you know cotton wants to be accepted for cotton so everybody has something that they're going for in here Is there a side of you inside of Cotton? Because I was that disc jockey that played your first record, and 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 I knew that you just wanted to be you when when you were on that single. Yeah, yeah. So it, it it's so weird being in this show sometimes and watching how 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 things that I've been through are, are you know kind of injected into the script. But that's that's some of the things that Lee and I talked about in the very beginning, and he's real open to finding real life stories that match what's happening in these scripts because it just grounds it in real life and of course I just wanted to be me 
But that was hard. It wasn't easy to be me. Right. What I sounded like, what I wanted to say was different than what people were doing at the time, you know? So it's hard to be a trendsetter. <laughs> but <laughs> if you really want to, you have to. You have no choice. You have to go for it. And yet and yet, this show on Fox Star, it, it has that trendsetting ability because I can't imagine how many imaginations are going to watch this show and, and create their own their own music on this side of it. Well, Fox is, is a brave network to create shows like they do. And I know for a fact that there are people out there who are watching this show thinking, we can do this. We can be that girl group. We can sing better than them. We can dance better. You know, it's just that competitive juice that comes into people. And I got a feeling we're going to start seeing a lot more girl groups. I think that this show can actually help make that happen. And it kind of showcases some girl power, doesn't it? It really, it really kind of says, hey, look, this isn't just a man's world, the music industry. Oh, absolutely not. It definitely shows some girl power. And it's not, you know, the music industry is not. I mean, I know a lot of, I was signed by a woman, you know, at Tommy Boy. And there's a bunch of women in this industry who are very powerful and, and have created a lot of uh, great music. I mean, you can take it back to Suzanne the past. So there's a lot of powerful women in this industry, and we're going to show that these girls can do it too. find that, that there's going to be a soundtrack that's going to come from this? Because, I mean, the, just the development of the whole storyline is we're going to get, you know, let, let's let's call a spade a spade. It's almost like watching professional wrestling. We see the struggles, we see the challenges, but man, we, it has become a soundtrack to our life. Definitely. I mean, some of the songs are already out. So, um, I know a lot of people from what I look at, when I look at Twitter sometimes after the show or when it's happening, People are already looking forward to hearing the new songs or they've heard some of the songs, they've gone to iTunes or, you know, they've gone to online and listened to the songs that are on the show and um, they get to hear them and, they, and they're looking forward to what is coming out next week already. <laughs> so I'm definitely seeing a response. What, what is that like for you, being being the, the music professional that you are, that in, in the day that when you first came out, we had to wait for that 45 or that album, but now it's so readily available? I mean, I think it's... I do miss that, that you would kind of crave those things, but it just you just... I love that you can actually get it right away. You can just go and listen to a song that just played on, on TV, you know, and really enjoy it right then and there. I think that's kind of fun. Um, and it also keeps us on our toes because we can make new music quick and get it out there as quickly as we, we want to. Uh, it was not that easy back in the day. Driving by the park tonight, I was stopping at the light, and it reminded me of all those days. Posted at the coffee shop, we would sit and talk for hours. Never thought in a million things would change. What is it like for you being the creative mind that you are, that we are in a new age of television where quality from Fox is just driving the ship right now because it puts you at a different level? Well, I think I'm very thankful for Fox for even taking this chance on this show. I think it's I think it's a wonderful thing. And um, we push ourselves just as hard. 
we we won't let the bar uh, lower because we want the best and we want to create the best TV and we think people deserve to see it. And Lee's mind is so very creative that we really want to execute those ideas and make sure that they happen because there's things that, that come on on star that you've never seen on television before. So we like the idea of being able to offer the audience something new and something titillating, you know, because they often too many times gotten the same old thing, boring TV, yep. you know, and, you know, TV is so hot right now. So Fox is, Fox is rolling. see a golden globe being placed in your hands, girl. Well, I could definitely add another one to my <laughs> trophy kick. Hey, <laughs> Sarah. Unplugged and totally uncut with Spider from Power Man 5000. I love to get inside the head and heart of those that bring music to life because I believe that listeners, they get their interpretation and it's like, wow, that's just not fair to the artist. Or is it fair to you guys? That's a, you know, it's so weird that you just said that. I'm going to, and I'm going to tell you why, because I was just thinking about something right before I called you. And because we had just put out this uh, video we made for the song Cult Leader, right? Yeah. And so, and so. I noticed a few, like, let's say not, not negative comments, but comments saying like, wow, it's so repetitive. It's weird. And I, and, and I thought, well, yeah, like, doesn't that make perfect sense? Because the idea of, you know, getting sucked into a cult is this hypnotic, you're put into this hypnotic state and you're fed these, you know, <laughs> these sort of lines over and over and like these mantras. And so I thought like, to me, that idea of this sort of repetitive chant, like, song made perfect sense with the subject matter but apparently not to anyone who listened to it a situation like that where it's like you just want to write to him in a way and say hey look here's the situation or do you think it or is it like uh i see a pink elephant all right you see a pink elephant do you have to let them go their own way yeah of course look at the end of the day you just sort of make something and you throw it out there and send it on its way it's like having a kid and you send it to school and hopefully you know they navigate the waters and don't become the school bully or, or the <laughs> the asshole or whatever. But, but you know, I think that, but then, yeah, but then because we live in such a climate where, where there is uh, such, you know, back and forth uh, communication with, you know, f fans, for lack of a better word, whatever, you know, so you're, you're sort of seeing all this commentary and, 
and your you know your gut instinct is is to like write <laughs> write to everybody like no no you got that wrong but you you can't like once you start the you know you can't you can't even begin that conversation um, because it just that's that would be a full time job just like discussing what you meant and what you didn't mean and so but I mean you know that but that is the beauty of of music or anything else is really it is meant to sort of be processed in a million different ways and not just the way you intended it to be. Well, you uh, you guys have kind of grown up right through that internet age because, I mean, when you guys first appeared on the scene, I mean, people were sending email, not e- yeah, emails and maybe letters. They weren't getting that instant satisfaction from Facebook and Instagram and all that. Yeah, no, I mean, it, we, we definitely, in, in bands of our, you know, uh, uh, time period, of definitely, I think it's, it's like, the, we almost have the strangest um, experience in music because you've spent a good portion of your career pre, you know, let's say pre-internet or whatever, whatever yeah. you want to, however you want, and, and then post. And so they really have been two like extremely different uh, environments to make music and to release music, whether it be how it's perceived or how it's uh, consumed or how it's sold or not sold. And, and so, yeah, it's been a really like, it, you know, you, you can, you never want to not face forward and face <laughs> yeah. the future and sound like the old guy still like, well, when we recorded on tape, it was, so, you know, I never <laughs> want to be that guy, you know, because people look at you like, you know, like a dog that just heard a high pitched noise, like you're insane. But, uh, um, so yeah, it's been, but you have to like adjust, but then there are things that you, you know, you miss about the way it was. And then there are things that you're like, can't believe how great the way it is. And so, uh, yeah, it's, 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 uh, you know, it's a unique place to be for sure. I got to talk to you about the the energy of the song. Thank God. Were you thinking of Sam Kinison while putting this song together? <laughs> no, I, no, I wasn't. But I could see what you're saying. It was just complete. Yeah, I think we actually filmed me singing it, so it was just me. You know, uh, you know, without the music, it was. And it's it's like the ugliest thing you ever heard in your life. It's just because I just wanted to make you know because this record sort of goes all over the map, you know. And I just thought it would be just really fun to just do. You know, like uh, you know, one minute blast of pure noise. And so, you know. But see, that that's what makes it fun because that reminds me of the old album days where everybody had their favorite cut on the album, and then you would spend hours explaining to people why that was the one place to go to. Yeah, for sure. Look, I mean, I in that. I mean, t- speaking of like you know, you know, now versus then. I mean, I, I definitely still live in the the album sensibility. You know what I mean? Like, I still think about how it flows and this and that and not just you know what what are the singles gonna be or what you know i don't i don't i, I can't i can't wrap my head around that at this point you know because I, I do you know i, I love I, I i grew up listening to albums and yeah. you know and i also grew up listening to albums when they were short so you know these <laughs> you know they were 35 minutes and you wanted to listen to it three times in a row and uh and yeah the the single wasn't was generally never your favorite song you know um you know when i when I bought Combat Rock by The Clash, I'd skip over Rock the Casbah because yeah. I heard that enough and I wanted to hear Overpowered by Funk or Ghetto Defendant. You know, I was that was, to me, like the cooler shit. You know, I was like, that. that's the <laughs> stuff I want to listen to. You know? I heard it's a god-awful small affair Burning bright but never anywhere So let's dance like with David fucking Bowie Come on, come on 
fun did you guys have putting together David fucking Bowie seriously yeah I mean that was one of the first songs we did for the record and you know clearly what you know the passing of Bowie was like a, a big deal for me because you know even though you know we don't make music anywhere near the level of David Bowie or you know it was just you know for me growing up you know punk rock was a huge influence and David Bowie and in like isn't certainly not punk rock but he was he he embodied the spirit of just you know he was one of those guys that i would just look to and be like and i still try to hold at least the, the attitude of just like i don't care like <laughs> i want to do whatever i want to do and however i want to do it and you know and he was the king of that and he was like you know and you know and i and it's just uh you know i just don't i just don't see those kind of people existing in music today certainly not in rock music you know i just it's just like rock music has become so conservative yeah. you know <laughs> and, and, and not only conservative sonically but conservative like uh in 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 its politics and its philosophy and it's just it's very strange to me sometimes i feel like such as such an outsider in you know, in the in the workplace, you know. What I mean? Yeah, but isn't isn't that what punk rock is supposed to be about? Because I've been with all the members of the Sex Pistols except for Sid Vicious, and and they they all told me it was about rebellion. It was it's it's all about what we were feeling in that moment. Oh well, that's what it always should be about. I mean, I, I mean, that's the only the only point to it to me in a way is like to try to make something that horrified your parents you know what i mean because you know that was me like i can't even imagine you know what my parents thought when i was you know 13 years old and blasting you know sex pistols and minor threat and the black and black flag from my bedroom and they were just probably hearing it going we've failed completely like he's out of his mind you know (laughs) yeah i was gonna say but but you know unfortunately i think we hear more and more uh you know and i'm certainly not in the business of like ever talking publicly about any specific bands but i you know i just i just see what's out there and i just i i don't get it like i just feel like there's this real sense of uh safety and you know and i think i think a lot of it is because there's you know the money making a lot of money in music is sort of at least for rock bands is kind of been taken off the table you know so (laughs) so i think everybody's just scrounging for crumbs and they feel like well we've got to you know get on the radio and we've got to get on this playlist on spotify and we've got to do this and so everyone just kind of stays in the the slow lane you know whereas i think before there was a freedom where you know and and again not to talk about the old days but when we when we got signed like there's no way we would ever get signed to a major label today no way like we were the weird like when we first started out we were just this had no idea and i had no no knowledge of business or the music but i didn't know what an a and r guy was i didn't know anything we were just like <laughs> a bunch of dummies like can we write a song you know and we were just i like rap i like punk rock i like this just make this big mess of a but you know but then i look back and i'm like well those are the bands that were get, getting shot you know when we got signed to dreamworks you know i was getting signed to geffen was like sonic youth yes bet back the butthole surfers like all these bands that just there's no way today that they would even be looked at you know so um i just you know i just miss that that spirit of uh 
just like I said, just not caring, you yeah. know, not, you know, and also not being, you know, everything, everyone's like, I, I'm always shocked at how many bands are like very like right wing, yep. you know, yep. gu- gu- guns and Trump. And it's just like, really? Like, I mean, that's <laughs> fine, but like you're in a band, like you're supposed to be the other side of the, you know, of the line. Everything you do is so fucked up. I don't care attitude it rests in the title Sid Vicious in a dress because that seems to be something that he'd say I don't care I, I just don't care <laughs> yeah. well I probably like to my detriment not cared enough and you know I probably would be a lot further along in life if I cared more but I mean this Sid Vicious in a dress was you know look the, the, the fact is for that the funny thing about that song and it's funny that it ended up being the first single is it was the last song we wrote for the record so basically <laughs> I was like we have this record done we're good like we can put this out, but hey, let's just do one more for fun. And uh, as usual, that's generally ends up being like the song. It's like, hey, this is the best one because um, the pressure's off, you know. Um, but as far as conceptually, I had that song title in my phone for like two years. Just wow. I, I wrote it. I wrote it down, and I, and I thought to myself, like this might be too literal for Power Man because we've <laughs> always been a little bit more abstract, and you know. You know, we're, we've always been like, a, you know, a weird science fiction movie. We're actually commenting on politics and society, but, you know, we're disguising it with robots and laser beams. So, like, you can actually get away with it without people saying, shut up, don't talk about that, just make music. <laughs> so I was like, this song, feel, like, Sid Vicious and Dress, it feels like I'll I'll write this song for somebody else because it just feels like too, like I said, too literal, too straight ahead, like. Like you get what it means. It's about a crazy girl, you know. And so, but then it just kept sticking with me, and and, it, and then I was like, I'll give it a shot, and uh, ended up like just loving it, and uh, you know, and it's, it. I think it 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 had, you know, I'm sure that if Johnny Lydon heard it, he would say I, I was a piece of shit and it's terrible. <laughs> and, you know, but I would, but I would completely take that to, like as a, ba- a badge of honor, and you know. <laughs> yeah, because you don't want him to like it. You you want him to be able to sit there and fire off that mouth of his. Oh yeah, no. I would love for him to just hear it and, t- and just talk about what a you know waste of life I am. Yeah, but I was gonna say the one last thing I do think that I uh, you know because I I also grew, you know most of my favorite bands are are English and you know and I do mm-hmm. think that's the, the one thing that they have that we lack in American bands is um, a sense of humor you know and like being you know not being like a joke band but having a real like odd sense of humor and i think that like if there's one thing that song just in the title itself has is like you know a sense of humor about it that hopefully translates to people i don't know i'll tell you what you 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 just nailed it on the head there with 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 the british and with with that kind of style because there is so much attitude in their music and this new album proves it because you're going along you're head banging you're getting into everything the anthem-esque of footsteps and then along comes no white flag and you're going whoa (laughs) <laughs> yeah right right yeah i mean look i you know I, you know sometimes you, you'd question like oh does this make sense should we do this but then that's probably 
the reason why you should put it out. Like if you're questioning it, if you're like this song, I don't know, man, like people might not dig this. <laughs> and then, then that's probably like reason number one to put it out. So we did that song and yeah, it's clear for people who haven't heard it yet. It's like super mellow and has like orchestration on it. And it's just, you know, like, but at the end of the day, it's like, eh, throw, you know, throw it out there. And, and a lot of times those left of center songs that we put on a record always become like fit fan favorites. Yeah. You know, people like, Totally dig it. Listening. Are you afraid to be your own enemy? Think you surrender, please. Are you afraid to be your own enemy? Broken, bloody knees. No, that ain't me. That ain't me. Does it scare you at all that with a song like No White Flag that all of a sudden you could kick off a whole new uh, metal love song era of music again? Uh, <laughs> I don't think there's any chance of that happening. But, <laughs> but wouldn't it just scare the hell out of you? I was like, like, damn it. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like our home sweet home. Like I never was planning on playing this live ever. Now I have to play it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there are songs like that. Like I, we, we do a song like that. I'm like, eh. I'll never play this live, so whatever. You know, I don't have to worry about it. But yeah, then suddenly it becomes like your anthem, you know, song, and you're you're on the Tonight Show, struggling through it. You know. Well, it's it's funny how people associate your band right away with with video games, and and does is that uh, an area that you want to be known for, or how how do you want those fans to discover you? Yeah, I mean, look, I from the very beginning. I mean, I'm not even a. I don't play video games. I don't know much about them, but I mean, from the very beginning, you know, we we were always open to you know i always thought like however somebody finds out about the band what difference does it make what you know what is there more validity to the radio find someone here on the radio or hearing it on a video game no what difference does it make they hear it they like it yeah you know hopefully they come see us so you know i remember there was a time where bands were very precious about what they licensed their songs to you know they always were waiting for that particular movie or that and 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 from the beginning we told when we were you know back in the day we just said anything anywhere anytime you know i don't care i mean as long as it wasn't something that i found like morally offensive you know so we were just any movie that wanted a song like yep put it in there any video game yep put it in there because <laughs> my feeling was like you know some in in it in it and at the end of the day i probably get more people telling me that they discovered this band on Tony Hawk, you know, video game or like the little Nikki soundtrack or, you know, Jason versus Freddie. Like, so to me, I guess it was the right call, you know, because it doesn't matter. Like it's all discovery. You know, I mean, I, I discovered bands in HBO where yeah. there was like, you know, they would play videos between movies. I was like, that was sort of some of the, my favorite bands I found then. Like, so there's no wrong or right way to discover a band for sure. <laughs> How do you like 
the way they're discovering bands these days. They're jumping onto the SoundClouds. They're going to the iTunes. And what they're doing is, or, they're, or the thing that I always keep hearing, they'll go to Google and they'll just put in awkward words because somewhere along the line, it's going to lead them to music. <laughs> That's amazing. I haven't tried that one, but uh, I mean, again, like I say, like there's no there's no wrong way. Like we can sit here and go, oh, remember the days we'd go to the record <laughs> store and, and flip through the and find a cool album cover and like yeah, like that was cool because it's you know it's not necessarily a better way of discovering. I just think that the 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 advantage to discovering something the old way was that it took energy and effort and yep. money. Yep. So maybe maybe you valued it a little bit more. You know, because I remember that, like you'd have you'd have to uh, find a way to get to the store if you didn't already drive. So you like take the bus or <laughs> you know ride your bike or get, you know beg your parents to drive you, and so then you had to go to the record store, flip through this, you know, and so you know you couldn't even listen to it. You get home until you open it, and you know all this kind of stuff. So, like I do feel like there is a, there was a you know, anything that takes a little effort, you're going to hold a little more you know dearly and. And, and value more. So I think that there's some, some advantage to that than just, you know, pressing play, um, you know, so, but, you know, again, that doesn't mean that it can't be just, you know, you know, affect you just as much and, you know, um, discovering it any, any way you can really. And you, and we have to, and that's the thing, like you gotta be everywhere yep. because, you know, as many ways as there are to discover, Mu- there is to discover music it feels like everyone's missing out missing it somehow run 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 for your life before it's too late we're getting ready to go on tour and i think i think about this all the time when we go on tour because there was a time when the you know you'd, you'd have to buy uh, the you know uh, the the Boston Phoenix or LA we- you know LA Weekly or whatever, and you'd look in the the concerts. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, Power Man's playing at the Whiskey. I'm going to go to that. Yep. But now, like tour dates are everywhere, everywhere, and and even like you know I see it every day. We'll have the, here are the tour dates, guys, and you have it on Facebook and the clearly list that on the third we're going to be in whatever Idaho Falls, right? You know. <laughs> And the first comment is, when are you guys coming to Idaho Falls? <laughs> so no one, you know, so it's like this weird thing where the information's everywhere, but no one's actually paying attention to it. That's so right. we've got to get people to actually focus. A little, you know? <laughs> They're going to find you. What is the best place for someone to find out more about the new tour and the new album? Where can people go? I mean, all, everything's online. You know, I mean, we try to be as uh, up to date as possible on you know the website and Facebook and all that stuff. So it's it's you know I think that yeah, honestly is the best. But you actually you know you have to go. You actually have to read the information and you know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,
We are unplugged and totally uncut with Rachel Feinstein. Can I curse on here? Absolutely. Okay, good. That's good to know. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> it's been an exhausting morning. I just did an abortion joke on the... Um, uh, well, I don't know. It was one of the morning uh, like uh, news shows, and uh, no one knew what to say. It got weirdly quiet. <laughs> is that is awkward silence? They asked me if I had any kids, and I said I was pregnant, but not for long. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, and then they just like they didn't have enough things to cut to in the studio. Everybody was just looking around, like, How do what you the hell? Like a microphone that can't stay up. I know, right? Well, we got these commercials for these men's things. You, get, you can get it back up, but we can't keep our microphone up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh God, it's so good to be here. For, for you to go from, from morning show to morning show to morning show, that's got to be hell on you. It is, but then when when I come to some place like this and you tell me I can curse and, and then I feel like nobody's going to judge my abortion jokes and I just feel at home all of a sudden, you know? Um, no, I mean, like, sometimes, you know, sometimes it's fun, but sometimes, you know, people look at you like you're a weird, like, suspicious out-of-town whore and they don't know what you're up to. So, yeah. One fun-loving abortion joke for crying out loud. Who's that going to kill? But doesn't it feel good, though, to be able to step into a shoes of, of any actress you want to be at that time? So, in other words, you, I, I'd be the guy that would be sitting in a car going, I think today I'm going to become this guy when I walk in the studio and you stay in character. You're right. I've been, I think that's a good idea. I should do that. I should just go on like fully and fully commit to something completely insane one morning. That would be fun because there's something about those like morning TV programs where everything's just like, this is clean and life is clean. You just want to be like, fuck you. No, it's not. Cunt, 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 you know? (laughs) See, you you talk like the way I drive through Charlotte. It's like, what the hell are you doing over there. God. It's, it's like these people that walk alongside the highway. I don't get it, man. Yeah. You're going to get killed. I know. It's very strange. It's very suspicious. So I always look at them as being ghosts, that they're not really there, that somebody just happened to walk by me. I know. I've always went, people walking on a highway, nothing's good. That can't be a good tale behind that for sure. Yeah. I'm on the road a lot, so I watch like way too much Forensic Files. Um, yeah, I'm completely obsessed. I think it's because it makes you feel like an amazing person. Like if you watch a lot of like Law and Order back to back, you'll really think you're running a tight ship in your life. You know, like I'll be like four in the afternoon. I'm just lying on the like my stomach the other day, and I was just like stuffing like what was it? Was it pound cake? Um, no, I think it was like a pop tart in my face. And I was watching um, Law and Order, and I actually stopped and had this thought. I was like, I'm a good person. I don't have the slightest desire to kill prostitutes. It's never occurred to me. I run a tight ship in my life. I never had to frantically clean up blood spatter after a prostitute incident. Because you watch those shows and you're like, oh my God. And I literally, I'll watch them and I'm like, I'm a fine human being. I really am. Compared to everybody else. Compared to everybody else. Do you ever give yourself credit for something like you should obviously Oh man, I'm in radio. You have to because nobody else in this building is going to give me credit. People will go, it's like people will come in and they'll go, hey, Hey, uh, I need your expertise. <laughs> Why am I here if I don't already bring it, man? Go on, what do you mean you need my expertise? God. It's, it's like, hey, funny girl, tell me a joke. It's like, what? I know. They do act like you're kind of like a dancing clown sometimes, you know? Yeah. Just like, hey, do, you're, jack, you're a jack in the box. Do a little jig for me. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'll do one. When you hit that stage, do you feel like that you've been shot out of a box? 
I that's an interesting. I never been asked. Let me stop and think about that question. Not exactly. It's, yeah, but um, yeah, I kind of slide on more. Yeah, the late show. It's like I sort of smear on. If that was a proper, if that was a verb I could actually use, that would make sense. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, no, I've never. I don't feel like I've been shot out of something exactly. Although that seems like a fun thing to do. I wouldn't mind being lowered on stage. That Ooh. would be fun if I was just slowly lowered. Like they or attach like some thin Jackson, ropes. That little thing that makes you pop up, man. <laughs> oh, what the hell? Here I am now. Ta-da! That'd be so cool. And then if you stumble and stuff, everybody's got it on film, you know? It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, being lowered or being, yeah, just popping up. There's something foolish about both of those things, you know? It's just, I wouldn't be able to do it without laughing, in a way. It just yeah. shows how Howard Stern was ahead of his time when he came in as Fartman. Are you old enough to remember that? It, no, I mean, I probably am, but I don't know that specific thing. But please tell me more. It was on the MTV Music Awards. Uh-huh. And, and so, and he comes, they lower him down in this big old Fartman. And he wanted it to be a superhero hero and I, and I just sat there watching going I want to be him <laughs> that guy is so cool yeah it's fun being lowered is just silly you know there's just something hysterical about it I still laugh at like really simple simple things like when I was a kid I used to I loved it when um I'd watch a movie and somebody would be kicked out of a party but they'd continue to try to enter like they just keep coming back in through a variety of entrances and that still makes me laugh to this day someone that's told very clearly to leave and they're like yeah, it's me again guess what then yeah. you're going to love this new movie, Inside Out, then. Really? Because it opens up with, it's all the different moods, and they're inside this girl's head. It's animated. Mm-hmm. And one of them is sadness. Well, sadness is always touching all the other moods. Mm-hmm. And I literally wanted to stand up and go, God, get that sadness out of here. It's <laughs> killing me. She's always like, how many times do we have to tell you? Oh, my God. It was driving me insane. <laughs> but but there's a moral to the story, but it's like, it, but oh, my God. <laughs> so you're that type of person that keeps coming back, keeps coming back? I don't, I'm not. I'd like to think I'm not that person that's been told to leave and keeps coming back. But I do think it's hysterical when it happens. There was a guy in one of my shows once that was kicked out, and he kept re-entering. <laughs> you know, he was really drunk, and he was kicked out. This is like a, it's a club. It's not even open anymore. It was in Roswell, Georgia, um, and they uh, maybe somebody that, maybe you can remember. Um, but it was it was in Roswell, Georgia. Oh, I think it was called something Farm, maybe Comedy Farm or. Funny Farm, maybe? Yeah, Funny Farm. Yeah, in Roswell, Georgia. And um, it's totally closed down now, but they would give you um, go-kart tickets if you had a good show. You you basically got tipped in free go-kart rides. How sad is that? Can you believe I haven't taken my own life yet? Yeah, he gave me 10 go-kart tickets as a reward for doing good funny times. Here's some go-kart tickets, you moron. (laughs) Good skits. I liked your talent show. Why don't you go ride in the go-kart? But this guy kept getting kicked out of my show there. He was really drunk, and he was he was so drunk that he was kind of, like, wet, you know, when somebody's oh, like that. Yeah. Man. He was just, like, shining, and, yeah. And they'd been told to leave, and then he just kept coming back in through some sort of side entrance, like, hey, it's me, you know? Oh, my God, that's like sneaking into a baseball game. That's yeah. that's a cool thing. And then you sit there and go, man, how's he getting in? I, I, I want to try this. I know, and I know I should have been disturbed because it was definitely probably alarming, and there's no green room, and he was just kind of, like, glaring a little bit at me. <laughs> Um, but it was so funny 
that I, I couldn't get that mad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like in, in every radio station, there's always a place where the jocks can get into the into the building because yeah. we would sneak out and do things while the, while the records and the, the CDs and stuff would play. Really? Like but, what? What would you do? That's fascinating. Oh, man. I've, I've dug a hole here. Oh, man. <laughs> Hello? Yeah. Okay, I'll be outside in five minutes. And so, yeah, you go outside and you play and have fun. And we would grab albums and throw them out in the field and see how far you could throw them. We would do everything outside. Interesting. And so before there was this thing called voice tracking, we would sit there and pre-record the show, mm-hmm. tape it up, and then and then run outside and play for an hour, hour and a half. That's awesome. And so then this way we didn't have to show up for the show. Did you ever have something where, did you ever have a situation where you didn't get back in time? Yes. And, and what happened? Was it just air? It, it was, well, you have the dead air. Yeah. And, and then that to me, to this day, still freaks me out. Yeah, really? Just the slightest bit of dead air. Yeah. And so, and I think it goes back to those days where the program director said, if I hear it once, that means that phone's going to ring. And so... Did it ring? Yeah. Yeah. When I was locked out, I was locked out. They, the engineer had to come and let me back in. Oh, you got locked out of the Oh, yeah. Out of the building. Yeah. And so then you have to come up with a damn good lie as to why you were outside the building. And what did you say? I said I had to go out and plug my car in, man. It was wintertime. Uh-huh. It's up in Montana. When it gets cold, you plug your car in so that so that it doesn't uh, freeze over. But that's not really why I was out there. So No. So it's... Uh, I mean, do you do the, anything like that? You, on, do they believe you? Well, they had to. I'm, how long was it? Go. How long was it just up with nothing? Well, by the time the engineer got there on a cold night, probably about 35, 40 minutes, dead air. Oh, my God. So then you get the threats of, you know, we're not going to pay you for that time because you weren't on the air. I know. What I happened? Know. Did you, did you get scolded or was it just no, like, it just, not really? No, it just, from the general manager, they look at you weird and they try to figure out what you're really up to. Were you doing drugs? No, no. Women? What was it? <laughs> that was that. See, second one. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I said I tried to clean it up too. I didn't. I didn't even use a bad word. I just you, said women. You'd be a good psychologist. <laughs> I, Is that I'm, what you do when you watch TV? So I wish that you know what I want to be, but I don't think I'd be good at it at all. But is a criminal profiler. I'm fascinated with that. I'm reading this book now, all about criminal profiling, and. Um, this guy was able to look at crime scenes, you know, and he he's the guy they based Silence of the Lambs after. Oh. And by looking at a crime scene, he could tell that the killer had a lisp. Like, he wrote up a profile, and he's like, he's this age. He drives this kind of car, which is crazy to me. They could tell what kind of car they drive, right, you know? Right, right. And then, and he was correct. You know, he was, is a lot of his old profiles of, you know, because he was like a serial killer profiler. And then he's like, the killer had a lisp. And he explains why that he has come to this conclusion. Conclusion, and the guy does. And I'm like, that's the most fascinating thing I've ever heard in my life. You know, they can just look at somebody and be able to tell like 10 things about them, you know? Wow, that's like in every control room here, there's a book that we've profiled our listeners. Really? We know, we know who they are, what they drive, what they drink. And and so what we do so that we stay focused as to who our listener is, we are sis- consistently going through that book. Wow. And and so we're always um, and so when we go out into public and that it's so inside our mind that we have to go out and shake hands, kiss babies, and, and do the, the the promotional thing. But could you have nailed this this kid who did this crime in Charleston? I, I, I oh God! If, not if he, no, he not like at a regular all. kid. Yeah, that's what's so distressing about a lot of those things is they look like they could just blend in so easily, and it's just so terrifying and yeah. and strange, you know. I mean, this guy works for the FBI, so I guess that's what his job is. But but see, a lot of times those guys come in way late after everything, you know. So. So yeah, but I'd hate to be in that meeting and they go, you guys didn't see it? It was written on the wall. Yeah, yeah, I know. God. Oh, life is awful and hard. I mean, it's like, it's like your promotional shots. What yeah. makes you decide that picture? We're, right away, people walking by are going... 
I don't know. They have one up at the club right now. Mike is in the room who runs the club. That picture is so embarrassing. I look like such an asshole. Oh, no. Yeah, they, these pictures get online. It's like me like folding my arms and making like some sassy newscaster face. I, I think I had to take it for like last comic standing. Like They had us do some promotional shots, but I didn't have any control over it. It's on, And then it just got released online, and I look like such a jackass. Yeah, I just like, I look like, hey, everybody, listen to me. It's my turn, you know? Oh. I see so many pictures of myself, and I'm just like, oh, God, no, that's out there. There with that dumb expression, but then it becomes like a poster at a club somewhere. Yeah, so every t- every day I walk in, I'm just like I just try not to make eye contact with my poster. Do you yeah. ever feel conceited though when when people when you go through a photo shoot and then you and then you have to judge the shots and you go no you can have that one but you can't have that one. Um, conceited. Yeah, I mean, not exactly because I feel like it's so hard for me to look at like or listen to myself. So right. it's the opposite. It's right. just like, like when I was a kid, I'm going somewhere with this. Um, my parents went and we stayed in this like beach house in Maine, and they played this some sort of movie about the mafia. And again, watch, I'm going somewhere. I swear. Um, and on this mafia movie, <laughs> okay, I was like traumatized by it because I don't think they knew I was watching it. I was like up late, you know. And um, and then they had this guy who he's like his wife knew too much you know and he like took her out it was probably like some made for TV bullshit and he walked her out to the gazebo and he was like Marie you've, you know too much I'm sorry you've got to go and she was like God no and then he had this little cloth and he like chloroformed her yeah. you know and he's like shh Marie that's an offer <laughs> and the, I'm telling you that story it's a very long road I just took to say that that's what I want to do when I like watch myself on stage I want to Marie myself like ah, enough <laughs> it's just hard it's hard to watch yourself or listen to your own voice I mean only yeah I think complete assholes just like love watching themselves like hey what a gal she's really up to some great things isn't she I see myself and I'm like what did I ever need to say to the world you know <laughs> but a lot of comics feel that it's, way it's that yeah. little cryptic voice in your head yeah, where you're just like, what in God's name? Yeah. How many people live Especially, in you? Um, God, a, a variety of <laughs> different voices. <laughs> and, and, and it's fun to be able to go in there and identify. Like, I'll give them names. Mm-hmm. Or I'll, I'll, you know, and then if you're having a bad day, you know, you just, you know, I'll start calling them, you know, and cussing at them. And I swear, if people come in this room, they're going to go... Here he goes again. <laughs> some some guy named Kevin he's yelling at. Where's Kevin in the room? In his head. <laughs> Wait, which which is your most evil person that lives inside uh, you? Probably the perfectionist. Yeah. The, the guy that, that wants it right because what I, a I prick. believe... What a prick. He is. Yeah. He's a total ass. And, yeah. and, and because I totally believe that listeners hear every single thing that you do. Like when you're at a comedy club, if you breathe wrong, you know somebody heard it. Yeah. When in reality they didn't catch it but yeah. inside your mind you're going i can't believe that i did i took a double breath in the middle of that sentence you know say like, what the hell's wrong with me god what was i doing and you start breaking it down breaking it down it's so true yeah and then at the end of the night you're just like watch you're just listening to yourself like why in the hell but they don't notice you know why because they're drunk that's why because <laughs> they're very intoxicated yeah they're just like oh my god kelly's bachelor party was amazing what was that girls standing on stage making weird faces for like they have no idea they were at a comedy show <laughs> no iHeartRadio is everywhere so that means that people that are tuning in are going to find out who you are where can they find you they can find me on um, Twitter at Rachel Feinstein and uh, Facebook just Rachel Feinstein and um, where else let me see here Rachel-Feinstein.com is my website 
I'll be uh, on the movie. I'll be in the movie Trainwreck this summer. I yeah. got that premiere coming up. Yeah, I have a scene in it. Oh my god! Yeah, me and Amari Stoudemire. So when I point to the screen, you'll be able to feel it, right? Right? That's I will. Like me looking yes. at the stars. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a nurse. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I play a nurse, and um, and I have a, a Comedy Central special that'll be coming out soon too, and a Netflix special. You can watch me and Amy Schumer, and uh, Nikki Glaser and Marina Franklin. It's called Women Who Kill. That's on Netflix. And I can't think of any more promotional things to say about myself. Yeah. We're full circle there. We we talk about CSI and all these crime shows, and she's in a movie, Women That. Kill. Women who kill. That's the thing is everybody always thinks it's about women who kill their husbands when they look up the comedy special. It's got like a sinister title. I love it <laughs> but you know, that's what you call having a good set and stand up. But they all just think that it's a collection of women like freshly out of prison. Yeah.